0: Thanks to the iHarvest Indoor Garden for sponsoring On The Ledge this week. If you've ever wondered why indoor hydroponic gardens have to be quite so, well, let's be frank here, ugly, then it's time to take a look at the iHarvest Indoor Garden. It's compact enough to fit in the smallest of living spaces, taking up just two and a half square feet of floor space, but it's also beautiful enough to take center stage in your home. And it allows you to produce fresh fruit and vegetables all winter long using the clean technology of hydroponics. And the good news is that's great for the environment too because the iHarvest uses 90% less water than traditional gardening and 60% fewer fertilizers than supermarket fruits and veggies. So why not add greenery and fresh food to your life this winter by pre-ordering your iHarvest now at igworks.com. Welcome to episode 110 of On The Ledge Podcast. I'm Jane Perrone, the person who gets ridiculously excited by new and interesting plants. Yes, I do quite frequently blow my top on this show, but in a good way, I hope. And this week we're back on the Peperomia Trail. I'm airing part two of my interview with Sally Williams, in which we discuss the wonderful world of Peperomias. And I'm answering a question about the resurrection plant. Ooh, sounds like something out of the X-Files. We'll find out more about this plant and why it's pretty special a bit later. I was at Cactus World live at the weekend and had a wonderful time geeking out over all things hot and spiky and chatting to Anne Within Bank and Tom Hartdyke. And I'll be bringing you that live show as next Friday's episode. So we'll be looking forward to that. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can hear my audience with Jane Perrone as a Patreon extra, which is available now. Just a reminder that I'm at the Garden Museum this Sunday, the 29th of September 2019 for the Garden Museum Houseplant Festival. And it looks like it's going to be absolutely packed. So I would get there early if you can, particularly if you don't have a pre-booked ticket because it's going to be crowded. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And if you come up to me and say I love On The Ledge, I will have some stickers for you. So look me up. I'm taking part in a houseplant clinic along with some other houseplant enthusiasts so that should be fun too and if I can get the recording to work then I will put that out as a podcast episode as well so that's pretty exciting stuff and then I think I'm going to go and lie down in a darkened room because I've been so busy flitting here hither and thither with on the ledge recently and I've got so many episodes stacking up that I need to run so it's exciting times for on the ledge I also wanted to mention that every fortnight I do an hour-long houseplant chat on Twitter called Houseplant Hour. That happens every other Tuesday and the next one will be on Tuesday, October the 8th at 9pm UK time. And I'd love to see you there. It's just a great... chat to talk about houseplants and share your pictures and ask questions and just generally have a lovely uh, avoidance of bad news hour which is most welcome i think you would agree so if you're not on twitter get yourself an account and join me One of the most exciting things that I've learned from Sally Williams, national collection holder of Peperomia cultivars in the UK, is an amazing propagation technique for Peperomias, which is so simple, Uh, yet so easy and low maintenance. And it really has changed the way that I propagate a lot of plants, not just Peperomias, but also certain things like Hoyas and some Begonias. It works really well for them too. And I wanted to share this with you as a matter of urgency because I know it's something that you guys are going to love. So I wanted to start off with this clip. In fact, what happened was I went into Sally's beautiful home and the minute we got in the hallway, I noticed... An array of these plastic pots made a beeline for them and we immediately started recording because I was just so excited. Yes, I know. You've heard this all before. This is me getting over excited about plants. So here we go. Here is Sally and I talking about why hummus pots are absolutely vital for peperomia propagation. I should say other clear plastic pots work fine. I just love the idea that you've got to eat a ton of hummus to uh, get your peperomias propagated. Sally, we're we're in the the hallway of your yes. home <laughs> and the first thing i see is something that's got me very excited which is your little pots of pots. delight yeah they're hummus pots yes. they're clear plastic pots this is a wonderful revelation to me tell me about what these are
1: i like i found that a lot of peperomia will propagate really easily in water but if you do that you have to keep topping up the water yes <laughs> and also there's the humidity issues with the little leaf if you've got them in a hummus pot you don't ever have to top them up and they've got a naturally high humidity so you can basically put your leaves in there seal them up and forget about them for a a few weeks and then when you come back to them there's usually a little little plant on there. It's so
0: exciting isn't it? I
1: have found that when they're in this controlled humidity where the humidity is higher they seem to produce shoots much more quickly. Yes. So when they're in water you get lots and lots of of water roots but they might take a while to produce shoots whereas in the hummus pots it could be within four weeks that you're getting shoots.
0: It's a really good method and I particularly like it because I am just one of these people who, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll suddenly think, oh gosh, that was a nice cutting. It would have been really nice if I'd have kept it top up with water, yes, but it's now yes. dead because I've left it for two days. Yeah. So this is a really good method if you're kind of, You've got a lot of cuttings or if you're not always going to be there to keep an eye on the water levels. Yeah, absolutely. And does it work for any Peperomia?
1: Have you found any Peperomia it doesn't work for? Yeah. Uh, Peperomia come from such diverse habitats. You have the ones which do live in uh, high humidity situations. And then you have the xerophytic ones where they have um, really low humidity, like the very high altitude ones at over 6,000 feet. Mm. And they would not like it in a high humidity. Environment, so I actually do still root some of those in water, um, mm-hmm. even though they they're, they're really succulent looking. Yeah, um, but they still will. I usually start them off um, in water just till I can see some roots just starting, and then get them into gritty compost.
0: We'll be hearing a little bit more about those propagation pots in the main interview coming up. But just to say a little bit more about this technique, it's so simple and it works brilliantly. All you need, if you don't happen to eat hummus, is a clear plastic pot with a tight fitting lid. And you can buy those new, but really why not recycle something? I'm sure that you will have some of these lying around your house or in your fridge that once you've finished the contents, you can empty them out. And I just put about a a half a centimeter of water at the bottom. If you happen to have fancy distilled water or RO, reverse osmosis water or whatever, you can use that, but I just use tap water and it does go a bit algae filled, but that doesn't seem to matter. And I'll just place the leaf into the pot, lay it down. It doesn't really seem to matter if the leaf is particularly covered in water or not. As long as there's a layer of water at the bottom of the pot, that seems to be fine. And the leaf is in contact with it. Uh, so lay the leaf down, or in the case of, I've done this with Hoya Matilde, just curl the piece of uh, cutting round in a circle round the pot or lay the leaf in there, whichever kind of leaf you've got, and then put the lid on tightly. Don't make any holes in the lid. And then just leave it in a bright but not sunny spot and wait. And I just tend to stack these up vertically just to save space. Sally has them laid out the in a, in a grid p- pattern. I'll put a picture in the show notes. Either way, um, just keep an eye on it. If you don't put the lid on properly, you will get some evaporation. If you want to see what happened with my Peperomia maculosa leaf than that story. Do look at my Instagram stories where I posted a little, little video about it. This just shows how amazing this process is. Certain leaves like Peperomia maculosa and a lot of the Begonia rexes and Watermelon Peperomia, Peperomia argurea, you can cut the leaf up into pieces and it will root at every point where a vein is cut a major vein is cut um, so that's what happened with my maculosa I left the lid off accidentally and the, the section of leaf almost dried out but it's still going strong so plants are amazing and this technique is amazing too I've also used it on begonia erythrosa leaves that's the beef day begonia and it worked really well for that too so you you put the leaf in you put the lid on and you leave it and once you've got a good root system going I would say maybe two or three centimeters long, then as Sally said, pot up into gritty compost. You may feel like you need to pop a clear plastic bag over the cutting at first, just to get it used to that transition from the very human environment of the plastic pot to going into the environment of your room. Um, So you can do that but for succulent leaves then it probably won't be that much of an issue and it works absolutely brilliantly and I'd love to hear how you get on with this particular technique and if it's something you've tried because well quite frankly it's changed my life and made peperomia cuttings uh, a delight. And now we're off to Sally's plant room which is the main domain where her peperomias live. Let's find out what she's got hiding behind the door. Yeah. we've come to the aladdin's cave now <laughs> it's beautiful um uh full of wonderful peperomias and i don't know how many plants are in there over a hundred i would say um there's
1: yeah probably nearer five
0: <laughs> wow okay yeah. and how long do you spend maintaining this collection is it is it a is it a big task to keep them all going and keep I, records
1: when i was uh thinking that i was going to um register to have a national plant collection um, I thought well uh, I we're, I'm up in the peak district we, we get some bad weather I want to um, make sure that I can control their environment and that will make things easier what I, I didn't realize that if you have house plants they're totally dependent on you mm-hmm. and so they do take um, your they're dependent for the light levels for humidity levels for water um, so uh, I but then they're great fun. So, yes, mm. I do spend a bit of time pottering. <laughs> oh, I'm um, sure. I just, well, I would uh, be
0: in yeah. here, just constantly in here, just, just as you say, looking at your plants and, um, yeah, just pottering. So, tell me about some standout plants from this, this room.
1: There's so some lovely ones. This bench is caperatus mm. through to about here. So, uh, there are, we've got, um, this is a, a, a nice one. It's very popular, um, lunar red, um, and similar to that, but just with smaller l- leaves. So it's still a red-coloured one is uh, Shumi um, Sierra Sunset Shumi Red. Uh, this is abricot, Um this one here, the variegated one, is particularly pretty because when its the leaves are a bit mature, there it's just variegated cream and white. Mm. But the young leaves are a lovely shade of pink. So mm. on a bigger plant, you have the, the green and um, cream speckled leaves on the outside and then the pale pink leaves in the middle. That's lovely. That's a really pretty one. Yeah, yeah this is um, Keto, where it's sort of um, ready pumpkin-coloured mm.
0: leaves. which is really pretty. And are you keeping these? These pots are lovely. Is this
1: all, they're all in terracotta? Yeah, they're all in terracotta, which I found is better because Mm. uh, you get the airflow around the roots. uh, With Peperomia, all Peperomia are unusual in that they have on the epidermis of the the top surface of the leaf, they've got a layer of water conserving cells. So they're not reliant on their roots to bring water up. In fact, they, they like their roots to be not too wet at all. So they're really... Um, are happy being mistered. Uh, mm. So I I do, I, I miss them twice a week. Uh, and well, that's interesting
0: because that, I yeah. would, I, you know, sort of from sort of instinctually, I'd say, well, they don't really need missing because they're very. Succulent, but that's interesting because of that characteristic. Misting obviously works. Yes, so they can absorb. uh, I'm going to have to start misting my peperomias. Clearly, (laughs)
1: yeah, they can absorb water and nutrients through their leaves. Uh, They don't like their roots to be totally dried out, Mm -hmm. but um, usually just misting them, there's a bit of moisture goes on as well. So I probably I I water them maybe about once every month or less.
0: And where do you get these lovely brown terracotta pots from? They're gorgeous. (laughs) Have they, you have got a secret supply
1: <laughs> uh, no i should get them wholesale <laughs> but i don't at the moment uh there's um there's there are there are available from some garden okay. centers yeah. i'm, in the chapter, the, I'm the, going to the i'm going to the wrong garden i can centers. tell you the the blue diamond group has, okay um, yeah they're really nice
0: because I, I, well i'm i'm moving more and more of my houseplant collection to uh terracotta yeah. and uh yes I'm, I'm becoming a bit of a terracotta geek and looking at everyone's terracotta pots and yeah. i have got a lot of some sort of very old ones but um they're beautiful
1: they're really nice well i was put off before because i just didn't feel, feel that i wanted terracotta um i just didn't really want it when that when i saw these you yes, thought that was right. right well they're isn't they're isn't lovely that
0: sort of chocolatey dark brown color goes really well with the plants it says well. yeah
1: the, the leaves stand out yeah yeah, yeah.
0: So these are so your caperatus. These are caperatus. This then, is a
1: different species. This is Grisio argentia, which looks very like mm. um, caperata. But as the name says, they're, they're grey silver um, leaves. So, yeah, they, they're, they're pretty. Mm. And on the top row? This is, so if, if um, we've got this big hanging one, uh, which is Peperomia nitida variegata, And everybody calls it Peperomia Scandens variegata that's <laughs> not the correct name yes the I'm glad yeah, variegata
0: I think we had a question on this on Facebook and I think you you stepped in and said this is what it is it's, because it's good. one of these ones that people just get wrong which yeah. is good yeah good to yes. get the and correct that's
1: the unvariegated form unvariegated form, form. Yeah, that's so a lovely
0: I mean I don't think I've ever really seen that that doesn't seem that widely available unless I'm looking in the wrong places again perhaps it might be a plant that comes around it's, it's having a moment it's at having the, a moment yeah over the last
1: three or four months okay. I've seen some available i seen okay interesting yeah
0: look out for it (laughs) yeah
1: yeah. these are some um, pretty ones these are uh, with very small little leaves in in what's called verticillasters, so in little groups of um, mm. three or four, um, and tiny white flower spikes. How tiny those yeah. flower spikes. So this one's Peperomia Hoffmannii. It's quite often told as is it there? I've never um, seen that. That's but great. If you look at these ones, I've had these ones for quite a while, and because in this plant room I don't do anything to increase the humidity, they do get an occasional misting. Mm, mm. Uh, but if you just feel mm. the those leaves. Mm. Oh, yeah. They've really absorbed mm. uh, moisture, so even though that's not, they they might not grow normally in such humid environment. They're okay with it, so they're, right. they're fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Yes,
0: this and is one. that the string of as people call it, yes. the string of turtles, yes, which is so turtles. popular, yep.
1: Peperomia prostrata? Yeah,
0: and it's got such an amazing pattern to the leaves, which is just makes it delightful. It is. It's really pretty. Yeah. Thing.
1: yeah, yeah, and that really likes misting. Um, and that then they almost look like little jewels then because mm. they have this clear bubble on top from the, mm. the, the humid spray. Yeah. So a lot of plants, if you're pro- uh, pro- propagating peperomia, if it's the rosette forming types, and so that would be things like caperata, uh, the watermelon one, the agoria, mm-hmm. uh, Napoli nights, Mendoza, Brasilia, the ones that form sort of like a rosette shape, yeah. uh, marmorata, the yeah, then they propagate very well from leaf cuttings, Mm -hmm. so from petiole cuttings. Mm -hmm. If it's a trailing one, then you tend to find the adventitious roots at the nodes. Mm -hmm. um, And they are uh, happier being propagated with just a little length of of stem. So you can put that in a a hummus pot and that will um, send out more roots really quickly. Mm. With this one, which is pepperonia pecunifodia, I iPhone, yeah, sorry. This one you would think would do, um, would need a length of stem because it's a traily type, but, um, Peperomia, because they're succulent. If you move them or give them a hard stare, a leaf might drop off. They've <laughs> <laughs> all been and, there. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I thought, well, I'll just shove them in um, some earth. And it takes a lot longer, but you, you do get oh, them. Yes, so it's look a bit like that. the Hoyas, um, where uh, you see a single leaf growing and you think that's never going to go get any yep, further. Yep. Um, but then occasionally. It, occasionally it does. Yeah. Oh, so, look at that. Yeah. That's really great. But the amount of time it takes for them to grow compared to putting a little length of semen. You've got to be patient. recommend that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I see.
1: Record. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there here are some more of the uh the window leafed ones, mm-hmm. Peperomia columella, um Peperomia nivalis, um some more unusual ones, Peperomia storrii, uh, Peperomia congesta, Kimnatia. And what is it that you is it
0: what is it about these particular ones that you that you love? Are these are these some of your favorites? These just they, because they're unusual uh, and rare?
1: Maybe because they're unusually <laughs> rare, maybe because although they're succulents, they're, they're really not fussy at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're, uh, they're quite happy to grow. They put up with higher humidity, and what happens is, as I mentioned before, when they um, Uh, to conserve water when it's uh, times of drought um, the leaves fold up so if they're in higher humidity conditions the leaves can open out Mm. so I've got a few here where because it's quite humid in this room just because Mm. there's so many plants where the leaves are holding uh, opening out then there's another subgroup of peperomia which are really exciting which are called the geophytic ones I was going to ask you about that little one because it it seems a bit of an outlier there that looks amazing yeah so these have got a, a cordex so they're codiciform, right. so they have an underground um, organ this, this, and the leaves grow directly out of that. And they're mm. also uh, deciduous, so they die down okay. over the winter
0: yeah that's fascinating so they're really
1: pretty with a, mm. a sort of an umbrella shaped leaf i love that leaf. i
0: love an umbrella leaf that's something yes. I yes yeah. any plant with an umbrella leaf is a winner for for me yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. spend your passion into a business of shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout let's hear that one more time The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw We'll be hearing more from Sally about her Peperomia collection after a little bit of Q&A. And And this one comes from Steve this week, who got in touch to ask about the Resurrection Plant, a.k.a. the Rose of Jericho, a.k.a. Salaginella Lepidophylla. I say the Latin name because, well, you know, I love saying Latin names, but also because Rose of Jericho and the Resurrection Plant can refer to a few different species. But this is a plant that you may have seen online it's one of those things that tends to turn up on social media as a time lapse of this brown desiccated ball that slowly over the course of about 24 hours opens up like a flower and gradually turns green when exposed to water and this is the wonderful thing about this this particular plant, this member of the spike moss family. If conditions are very dry, it curls up into a ball and then when water is back again, it will then revive itself. And that's a reaction to growing in desert conditions where obviously water is in sometimes in short supply. This is a really fascinating plant. And one that is sold as a bit of a horticultural novelty, I guess, a bit like sea monkeys or those grow your own crystal kits. But looking online, anecdotally, I can see that a lot of people buy these plants and end up disappointed. Sometimes they buy this brown lump and put it in water and absolutely nothing happens. It doesn't revive. It is dead because ultimately this plant will do this seemingly magic trick. But eventually, if denied water for too long it will die. Some people are disappointed the plant doesn't actually uh, do what its advertisers doing. Other people then struggle to keep it alive once they've done this transformation. You can plant it in a pot and make sure it's in some gritty compost. Obviously it's it's from a desert environment, but a lot of people report that they just can't keep this plant happy over the long term. So Steve got in touch to say that he had put in an order for this plant, but then got a bit concerned because he was hearing anecdotes about Selaginella lepidophylla being taken from the wild and being sold in an unsustainable way. This plant comes from Central America, Mexico, places like that and I didn't know the answer to this one so I sought out some expert advice. Jeff Benker is a horticulturist and paleobotanist who pioneers the conservation and interpretation of ancient plants. In other words exactly the person I needed to chat to on this issue. Jeff told me The plants are wild collected and so far they are rarely grown successfully. I do not encourage purchasing S. lepidophylla because the wild harvest that is taking place is not going to be sustainable in the future. Most plants offered for sale are long dead, even though they appear green when hydrating. For another take on the matter, I had a quick chat with James Wong, uh, who you'll be very familiar with if you're a regular listener to the show, the UK-based ethnobotanist and houseplant lover and he said that he doesn't think anyone in the EU at least is growing this plant but he did point out that the species is listed under the conservation status not threatened which means that it isn't currently under any threat of extinction although of course if wild collection goes on that could put the species at threat in the future. What it does say is that if wild harvesting is done in a sustainable way and he does point out that that's a very big if this may not only be environmentally benign but could have benefits such as giving local people an an incentive to protect these habitats and he describes the whole debate as a complex one so what i would say is ask questions of your supplier wherever you are in the world and wherever your plants are coming from and this applies to any plant that you grow ask questions of your supplier Where's the plant material come from that you're purchasing? Are these plants wild collected or have they been raised in a nursery environment? These are the kind of questions that will force suppliers to be transparent about what they're doing and also allow you to make more informed choices about your plants. Personally, the resurrection plant for me is not one I would be going out and buying. I think it's a bit of a kind of a horticultural one hit wonder, if I can put it that way. In other words, you're buying this plant for this dramatic process, which if Jeff's right, then a lot of the plants actually won't be doing this. You'll be disappointed. And then it's very hard to maintain on an ongoing basis and keep the plant happy. And it's something that may have traveled thousands and thousands of miles, all for the sake of... um, well, a bit of a splurge of excitement uh, when, you know, you could watch a time-lapse video on YouTube instead and uh, perhaps save yourself the money and the time. But do bear in mind, this species isn't under threat at the moment. So there is an argument to say that this isn't really a problem for this plant. And there are plenty of other houseplants that are very endangered in the wild, which we should be perhaps more concerned about. It's an interesting one. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you've got any knowledge or expertise in this area or know of anybody raising these plants without taking them for the wild, I'd love to hear from you. Do drop me a line at ontheledgepodcast at gmail.com. And do check the show notes for some links to time lapses and further information about the resurrection plant. And do get in touch if you've got a question for on the ledge. I am always happy to help if I can. And do remember that you can join the Facebook group, Houseplant Fans of On The Ledge. We've got over a thousand members now. So do come and join us. And if you've got a question, you can always post it there for other members to chat about and hopefully find you an answer because we're a very knowledgeable and friendly bunch. I'll include a link in the show notes if you're not sure where to go to find that. And now let's head back to Sally's Peperomia room. Sally needs to keep at least three of every cultivar or species that she takes care of for her national collection. So a lot of her plants are just huddled together on her benches, which makes them very happy because it's nice and humid that way. But she's also got other ways of displaying her plants. Here I am asking her about a lovely plant stand showing off a particular group of peperomias. Take a look at the show notes for a picture.
1: These are all peperomia obtusifolia cultivars, yeah. yeah. So there's the the plain non-variegated one, there's the irregular variegated one where it's just splashes of Mm -hmm. um, green and cream there's the one where they've got uh, creamy gold edges to the leaf uh, and this I think is the most interesting one where it's a combination of dark green around the edge and then a bit of splashing and then dark green in the middle that's that's, lovely yeah so that one's called um, peperomia golden gate it's quite a unusual one there's also um, a lime green one where it's it's mid green leaf with little darker green splashes Mm.
0: Well, I can see why, uh, you, it, this is, this is a collection that, uh, absorbs you very much because, uh, it, they, they are such a wonderful group of plants. I and mean, this is making, as usual, making me want all the, <laughs> all the plants. Well, I did say to my husband before I left, am I allowed to bring back any plants? And he said, well, okay. Because I think he knows, I mean, I don't know what your family feel like about your collection, but I think he's kind of accepted that it's Always going to be a lot of plants as long as he can still walk into rooms and out again safely. He's, yeah, happy. I'm allowed
1: any plant I want as long as it's a peperomia. Nothing well, else. that's that's yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of
0: looking at it. Yeah, these are gorgeous. i saw these at a, a Dutch plant show, these um, piccolo banda, yeah, um, That's a beautiful, beautiful they are very leaf, pretty, aren't they? Yeah, with the stripe and then the dark, dark, dark purple. Uh, lines and then
1: the red, the red petiole. Yeah, oh, they're gorgeous. I was um, wanting just to show you with these because they, the this one here is flowering away. It's got what? How many? Six flower spikes, um, which are branchings, panicles, mm, and other, mm. other flowers. But you can see what it's done to the, the base of the, the plant. Yes. It's putting all its energy into these flower spikes. Okay. So it's a good idea. When these flower spikes have finished, mm-hmm. what will happen is they'll continue branching um, and producing leaves. Right. And the rosette at the bottom will suffer. So oh, when okay. they've finished bl- um, flowering, when the the flower spikes have died off, cut them right down to the base so that the, mm-hmm. the plant has a chance to um, bulk up again. And get
0: Can you do a lot of, of sort of pruning and adaptation to change the the look of, a, of an individual plant? And I'm just thinking about um, Polybotrya raindrop in that I've seen ones which are quite sort of squat and then yeah. some which get very, very tall. You know, it, do they take to kind of pinching out bits to make them more bushy well? Yes, or they, or it, it,
1: it tends to 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 vary a bit. If you think about peperomia, they haven't got a great root system, mm. so they haven't got stores to throw a lot of energy into putting new shoots out. Right. If you do prune them, so I'd say yes, yeah, certainly. Um, prune them, use the prunings for um, propagation material um, in case what you end up with isn't um, that great. But yes, you can certainly do it. And it mm, does work. Yeah, mm, You can mm. definitely improve the appearance of, of the plant with pruning it. But it's not like a plant which has got a great root system which can then bounce
0: back. Got you. That's in- so interesting about the roots because I've never really thought about that before. But that is uh, useful to know when you're thinking about pot size and also how you're treating the plants in terms of misting that is really really interesting yeah.
1: well with the pot size i do a couple of things one is i, I do keep them in quite a small pot mm-hmm. they quite like that but also i tend to plant um, put maybe two or three in this well three maybe in the same pot and then uh, you can use a slightly larger pot mm-hmm. uh, and because they're all absorbing the water and the aeration then they're they're a bit happier then I think one of the problems with modern houseplant pots is they're
0: very, or cash pots that people then put inner pots into is a lot of them are very, very small, you know, and too small really to be, to work as a pot. And therefore you do get this. In fact, I've got one of these, the, um, uh, is what is that Rousseau? Yeah, uh, russo yeah eden uh, Rosso. yeah um in a t- i've got a tiny one in a tiny pot and i just can't keep it at the right level of moisture because it just dries out so quickly yeah. i was thinking to myself the other day i need to put that as an underplanting, yeah. under something else a bigger peperomia just so that it's able to get the right amount of moisture because it it's just sat there and it hasn't died but it hasn't grown at all yeah yeah so that's i guess what yeah. I, I mean have you ever tried that experimenting with putting different things in the same pot does that can that work or i suppose for you as a national collection holder that's not what you're allowed yeah. to
1: do is yeah. it yeah. yeah no it's but you know i can have them um to enjoy yes um, but i wouldn't want to do that with something where i'm um, looking at the 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 plant as a as part of the collection but yeah it is something i mean i think a lot of um like the the little ones that i keep under glass domes they would love to be in a terrarium together Mm, and mm. um and all the different leaf shapes and sizes uh so uh I haven't done that but I think that it, it would work but I've, I have have seen people do it where they have put for instance say a Peperomia graviolens. that's one of the window ones that mm-hmm. likes very dry situations and they've put it in with plants which um, grow in the rainforest mm-hmm. that's not going to work mm-hmm. <laughs> they need yeah, yes. different compost conditions they need different humidity right. and, um, and growing conditions so they, they wouldn't be happy together but definitely the ones that like the tough ones and maybe something that likes certain conditions then yeah you could say certainly mix that up.
0: I hope that's inspired you to think about mixing it up with your peperomias. Do share some photos with me if you've given that a try. And last but certainly not least, lots of you had questions about peperomias, which were posted on the Facebook group, House Houseplant Fans of On The Ledge. Uh, some of them we've already answered in the course of our chat, but I wanted to draw Sally's attention to a few specific questions. And first up, was one from Mike who wanted to know how to take care of his Rana Verde. He had written, this isn't a succulent type and seems fussy, especially regarding watering. Let's see what Sally has to say.
1: Yeah, Rana Verde. Yep. Yes. So that one was, um, yeah, so that one was brought out a couple of years ago. Um, I particularly like that one. It's nice green leaves. I didn't point it out to you upstairs. I've got some big ones. Um, I I wonder if um, Mike has not looked at the compost that it was originally growing in so I I, I don't know if it was that um, they it to me it's not one of the terribly fussy ones one of the things is that um, if you leave the fire fl- the flower spikes on it can get exhausted and then it, it sort of has a bit of a rest and then lots of new growth will come Mm. back. So you can cut off the old flowers and so it can concentrate its energies on the new growth. But I would say the general rules um, with that one, what I do is I I put it in my quite um, open general purpose um, compost and um, mist it twice a week and it seems happy. Okay. Uh, Just another thing generally about pepperoni is to get them to flower. They do like, um, on the whole, period of cold over the winter Mm -hmm. so particularly the high altitude ones so if you can get the temperature down somewhere where they're getting a lot of light Mm. uh, but uh, the temperature is only about 15 or something like that then you'll get much more flowers okay
0: and the next question comes from Dejac I hope I've pronounced that right apologies if not but they want to know what Sally's most recommended peperomia is What a difficult question.
1: Um, I think that ones like um, Napoli Nights is really pretty. That's got silver um, leaves and it can just flower and flower and flower. Um, And uh, So that one is is lovely and it's not terribly fussy about watering. And also um, closely related to that is another cultivar called Brasilia. And that one is very tough and that has... um, Quite big, dark green leaves with a, a red undersurface, and and that one again uh, is, is very tolerant, but it's it's quite a a, a nice plant Mm. that flower the flower spikes on those have got um, red tips so
0: that next question comes from chris who says all the new growth on my peperomia about 40 centimeters was lots of little leaves rather than the more succulent thicker type it was in a tiny pot but i've repotted and decided to loop the new growth around the top of the pot in the hope it'll root and fill in will this help and root down
1: i'm wondering if that's peperomia orba Okay. So Peperomia orba of all of them, is m- more prone to that. Okay. If a Peperomia is kept quite warm and with um, a bit more water than it needs over um, the winter when it's got insufficient light, it'll mm. produce lots and lots of tiny leaves right. and they won't go away. You need to cut them <laughs> off. So, okay. yeah, so not quite as warm over the winter and a lot less water. Ah, okay. um, peperomia um, is seems to be particularly prone to that.
0: Brittany wanted to know whether Sally had heard of Peperomia Ruby Red Cascade, because when she searches for the names, she can't find anything.
1: So that's, that's I think, is the same as Pepperspot. Okay. Um, now, I have seen a comment when somebody said, I'm growing Ruby Cascade next to Pepperspot, and they look quite different, mm-hmm. but... Um, I don't know if that's cultivation. You know, if you're bringing in a plant that's been grown in uh, the ideal conditions that nurseries can do and then bringing it into your home, it might be the under cultivation situation that they mm. look different. But as far as I can tell, it's the same.
0: And Erin wants to know whether her Peperomia flowers should be cut off or left on. Depends if you like some or not.
1: (laughs) When they're finished flowering, if you want to grow them from seed, uh peperomia seeds are recalcitrant so like a lot of tropical plants so that means that you need to sow them fresh tiny seeds they'll they'll dry out um and there was i wanted to show you um some seeds which i'd sown about two weeks ago actually of peperomia maculosa Mm. Uh, and that one particularly easy from seed and in fact it's i think of all the peperomias it's grown commercially from seed because it it, is great Um, so if you want to do uh, a bit of sowing from seed hang on to the flowers what will happen is um, you'll see the flowers and then as time goes on they've got a very I think very interesting flowering cycle but as time goes on you will see that each individual Uh, little dot on the flower spike becomes bigger and darker and once it's Mm. dark that fruit is probably ripe and you can see um, you can sow them so um, if uh, as i said for the health of the plant cut the flower spike um, off from the rosette forming ones don't let it get vertical with lots of leaves above mm-hmm. it because then the it won't it just won't look attractive so you might like yes. it like that but um, it's losing the, the the character that you bought it for mm-hmm. uh, whereas before you do that you can conserve the seed and just put it in a hummus pot with some compost and <laughs> within a few weeks they'll yep. be germinating
0: and quite a few of you asked about curled leaves on various species and cultivars of peperomias and here's what sally had to say on that subject I mean, I've heard all kinds of explanations for uh, uh, particularly Peperomia polybotria leaves where they're curling or taking an odd shape and it's either that it's too hot or not humid enough. Or light levels, yeah, too much, too little. Is there any chapter and verse on this or is it just so difficult to tell depending on the individual conditions of the plant? It is really, it is, yeah. Uh... I guess all you can do is just keep testing different slightly different combinations and seeing how your plant reacts yes yeah.
1: um yeah i think you yeah try different light levels yeah. uh, with when they have got curled leaves if you're misting them then you can get water sitting on the leaves and and then that can cause marking um so it's so yeah it's not not great but i think it is a light level thing and just Try different Mm, light level. And and watering, Um, you can, if they absorb too much water and they're in too humid an environment, um, then the leaves can get really, really thick. Um, And then they will curl um, over just because of the thickness of the top layer.
0: And to finish up, some of you had asked about fertilizing your peperomias and here's sally's answer to that and it's intimately tied up to watering procedures as well and just tell me about your watering technique because i'm looking here and i don't see drip trays under these how, how do you go about watering all these many many plants well, they
1: don't get much watering they miss, right yeah. yeah so you're misting them but you're yes. not you're not watering them that I often i give them an occasional bit of um, water but it's not enough they're on a, a, a metal tray mm. even though it's flat there there isn't really um that much
0: much run off so um oh well i guess that makes life easy as i say it's interesting i'm so interested by the mistering thing because i've i don't think i've ever misted a peperomia but
1: i've clearly been getting that wrong so I'm going to
0: start I'm going to start misting
1: <laughs> the other advantages because I use um, a foliar feed is that you're not going to get that build-up of mineral salts uh, of course um, the same yeah. way that you can do if you're um, feeding them onto the, so what
0: foliar feed do. do you use in your when you're doing that is it just a general houseplant foliar feed that
1: you yes I do what,
0: yes yeah that you put into your water yeah oh, okay
1: yeah at a, um, a, a low a low concentration. Yeah. Um, there's one called. who is it called house plant mist? But then, oh yes, it's quite uneconomical if you have hundreds and hundreds of plants. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can use their water on one, at, yeah, which is house not focused at a lower concentration. Right. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be okay. okay. I keep intending to give them a bit of a, a seaweed boost as well as a um, as a treat, but the thought of um, strong smell of seaweed in the house is me yes.
0: off. Yeah, I can understand I that. Can, yeah, yeah,
1: intending to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and presumably that's just during the the growing season and then
1: easing off yes yeah i do i i do look at them and um i depending on the humidity in the house because the the succulent types they're quite happy with low humidity it can be very very low humidity at a very high altitude um but the others um particularly in centrally heated houses so i i might give them a bit of misting but you're not running the risk of root rot if mm. um, you're misting them yes of so, course
0: so, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's a revelation. And what a wonderful collection. And I mean, it's a credit to you that they're all looking so healthy and lovely. Do you ever get things wrong and find a plant struggling and cursing yourself because you haven't got things quite
1: right? Or are you so experienced <laughs> that it doesn't happen anymore? Uh, I think that there's there's there are some plants that I don't find as, as easy as others. And there's um, other ones which um, are, are Really, really easy. But I think I've sort of got it mm. right now. <laughs> but because I'm getting new plants all the time, um, some of their requirements surprise me. This one, mm. Peperomia rugosa, which I got recently, I think that one's held under on the name of Ecuador. This one, uh, I was really surprised that it doesn't mm. like it that humid. I okay. had it in my plant room where the humidity can be quite high. It's got big, thin leaves mm. with a slight silver... Um, area down the the along the veins uh really big leaves and because they're thin generally with peperomia there's a situation where uh the more succulent the the drier they like it this is very thin so Mm. i would have thought that it wouldn't like um dry conditions it would like humidity but it it, it doesn't really so yeah.
0: there always there's always a new challenge well yeah. it's it's an amazing collection and thank you very much for for sharing it with me i'm totally overwhelmed with um peperomia joy <laughs> it's very exciting <laughs> thank you very much that's a pleasure that's all for this week's show if you didn't catch a plant name or want a bit more information do check out the show notes at janeperone.com, which I try to make as comprehensive as possible. And in those show notes, you'll find details of Sally Williams' collection, which is open to visitors by appointment. That's all for this week. If I don't see you at the Houseplant Festival in London on Sunday, then you'll hear me next Friday. Take care. Bye. music in this week's episode was roll jordan roll by the joy drops and quasi motion by kevin mcleod both licensed under creative commons with ad music by the heftone banjo orchestra see my show notes at janeperone.com for details